This episode of the CZ Media Podcast is brought to you by Rancho Bravo Tacos. They have two convenient locations, Capitol Hill and Wallingford. I love going to Capitol Hill. I'll go order my food, whether it be tacos, burritos, or tamal. I love their tamales. They're fantastic. And then I'll go sit on the patio, enjoy my meal, and then wait for something interesting to happen. And given that it's Capitol Hill, something interesting always happens. If you don't have time to go to either location, you can always order through your favorite food ordering app, Uber Eats, Caviar, or Chow Now. They make it really easy to get all of your favorite items. So next time you're craving some delicious Mexican food, stop in or order. You'll be glad you did. podcast. I'm taking this sort of as a bonus show because I wasn't thinking I was going to have a show this week, but schedules lined up and I was able to have someone in. Uh, The show is going to be moving and uh, next week is going to be a whole moving week, but we're going to get back on schedule right after that. So thank you. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. I'm on all of them. Um, I'm on YouTube. And then don't forget to check out our sponsors. Soulmates, they're a sneaker shop on Capitol Hill and Rancho Bravo Tacos, uh, Mexican food right on Capitol Hill in Wallingford. So check them out. So, Susan. Yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for trekking out here. Oh, yeah. Sipping on the Jameson. It's it's bringing me back. When you said that, I thought (laughs) thought for sure this is going to be a great show for sure. I I know. I love whiskey. I used to drink it on stage and I was performing all the time. It was like my go-to. Oh, out of a 16-ounce glass? Not out of a 16-ounce. <laughs> I think that would have been a mistake for everybody involved. I don't think anyone would appreciate that, but, you know, just evolving. It's a fun... You know, I'm not... Uh, I'm not... I was going to say I'm not man enough to drink whiskey. I'm not really? tough enough to drink whiskey. Oh, it's so good. It, it's so good. I, I think my main throat. problem is that I like to gulp. Yeah. I don't think you can gulp whiskey. It's it's more difficult than, but the red wine, I'm very jealous because that's my favorite and I can't drink it because I get uh, migraines. Man, that sucks. It really does. And I keep trying to like find workarounds, like trying different, like different areas where the wines are from. And so I think now I've landed with non-American wines I can oh. do, but I also don't, I mean, we'll see. Time will only tell. <laughs> hey, trial and error. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, well, thank you again for coming. Yeah, thank so, you for having um, me. We met because you wrote a piece. Well, initially, 
we met because you wrote a piece on Soulmates, the sneaker shop. Yes. And then we started chatting and you dig sneakers and your husband sne- digs sneakers. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's super cool. So that plus you're a writer, plus you like to do social media stuff. Perfect equation for being on a podcast. Yeah, it's it's become a hard question to answer when people say, what do you do? Yeah. It's like, well, what what uh, area is going to be most beneficial to you, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, but yeah, I started out as a musician and have been doing music professionally pretty much my whole life, but um, just went in my adult life in Seattle, played all the venues that I wanted to play and fell in love with the community. But I I love like pop soul music, and um, I just feel like commercially there wasn't a ton of opportunity mm-hmm. um, but outside of the community that I'm, I'm super grateful for. And there's amazing musicians, but I wanted to kind of do more of a contemporary, for lack of a better word, more of a sellout type of okay. route. You want money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, sell. yeah. And so I started just like, you know, doing the same venues and just thinking, okay, I don't, in five years, am I going to be anywhere further than I am now? And right. so I really started focusing on developing my fan base on social media and just researching, okay, what is effective to build a fan base outside of my uh, market? And, um, like, how do I do that? So that was probably, oh my gosh, eight or nine years ago and started to really dig into that. Um, and I kind of fell in love with it. And so then I had been doing music reviews cause I was, a, I majored in writing in college. So I was doing, um, a lot of music reviews and, um, so a lot of my friends that are in bands, just kind of putting them on. Um, I wrote for Seattle Music Insider and a couple other places. And then I was at an Usher concert <laughs> and was reviewing that. And there was this woman next to me and she was super funny. And we were like taking bets on when he was going to take his shirt off. Right. <laughs> and so she was the editor at Como, uh, Sinclair Broadcasting, but the Como like local news, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle Refined. So it's like a lifestyle publication under the news. And she was like, yeah, if you ever want to write for us, I was like, sure. <laughs> so I started writing for them and I didn't really know totally what I was doing. Yeah. And I would email her like, okay, if you need me to change this and this, and she just said, if it's, if I don't say anything, it's fine. Like right. stop asking me <laughs> about it in a very kind way. So I had a weekly column there and just kind of fell in love with doing lifestyle pieces and mostly um, highlighting people in Seattle that I think deserve to be highlighted and kind of giving them a chance to get more publicity than they wouldn't have otherwise. So that's, that's my long version of how I went into lifestyle writing. Um, and then because of the social media thing and with Como, I wrote for a couple other publications like Buffy Lifestyle and kind of filtered into my own blog. And then uh, I met my husband and he is a big entrepreneur. And so he helped me a ton on just the marketing side ah. of things. So, and we have our own podcast too called Under the Influence and uh, he, he's in the <laughs> cannabis industry. Um, anyway, so I just kind of fell into that. And now, uh, because of, I've been doing it for so long and especially I'm 35. So I feel like the, um, the generation below me is very used to using social media kind of as a career path or as right. a form of income, but that my generation and, you know, five to 10 years above me. I, I don't feel like they have usually don't have the same grasp on it. So I would meet these amazing women that have these huge followings and uh, beca- would become friends with them and stuff. And they wouldn't understand the value that they right. had. And so they would just kind of come to me for advice. 
And um, one in particular, her handle is lots of miles. And she's like an elite marathon runner, hilarious mom. And just kind of talks about the realities of, <laughs> of being a, a woman and a, a mom and running your own business. And so I just started helping her out all the time. And she was like, I need you to like really do this for me. Like I need oh. you to, it just got to a point where she couldn't keep up and right. it, it started taking up more <laughs> of my time. So we started a, officially started my company called Mediary Management. So I started managing a few content creators and then I would work with the brands on social media campaigns. So if they wanted to launch something, they want to use an influencer, I can connect them there. If they want to use some of the content that the influencers make to push a certain product or a new spot, then I can kind of help gauge the campaign to be hit the demo that they want. Okay. And so it's just kind of evolved over the last few months, honestly, I like really, I uh, founded the company in December and it's, what month is it? February? February. Um, yeah, it's February. February. So that's my extremely long answer. Some people say, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a singer songwriter. I'm a content creator. And then I'm the founder and owner of Mediary Marketing. Which is your favorite? Oh, music. Music. Well, the and singing, songwriting. Yeah. And that's always been my dream. And I'm still kind of getting used to. I'm surprised constantly by how much I like what I'm doing now Mm because I just always thought like, no, I have to just do music. That's all been, you know, my goal all along. And so to have it shift is something I'm getting used to. But I also have a I have a nine year old stepson and a two year old. And so the reality of my last show I did was at the crocodile and I was six months pregnant with him. And it was like an all female bill. And I was like, I broke the rules. I have a boy <laughs> inside me. Um, but anyway, but like, I was you know, say no whiskey probably at that. No time. whiskey at that time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like more touring and kind of going abroad and stuff like that with music isn't as much of an option as it was before. Yeah. So this is something that I can really dive into that's still creative. And I feel like it uplifts other people's ideas and voices and helps spread ideas that I believe in and like. Right helps especially I had a really hard transition into the motherhood role uh I lived downtown by myself for a long time just had always done exactly what I wanted to do so I had a baby and then the pandemic hit when he was like eight nine months old so so it was a lot of change change. it was a lot of change um so I really connected with some of these women like oh cool it's okay to not be like euphorically happy about your day-to-day of like some of the monotony that comes along with it and uh, just really helped kind of build a new community online of people that aren't in my vicinity. Mm. So I kind of just kind of fell in love with that and how, how powerful that can be now is as exciting to me as music. And I feel like it goes further than if I just release a song or do a video, it's really fun and I love doing it, but it doesn't necessarily like have a as big of cause as helping somebody else right. kind of get their voice heard. I mean, that is the, I mean, that's the definition of doing what you love. Yeah. And also just on not so much of the altruistic, you know, feelings part of it, you're doing something, you can do something different every day. Mm-hmm. So you don't get bored hundred percent of doing that. Hundred So it's like, I can write today. I can, mm-hmm. I can write music this time. I can do this. I can, Yep. And that's where I usually like on my IG stories is kind of the catch all for that on uh, my Instagram. So it's literally like, okay, Tuesday, today's a music day. I'm going to work on a project and we have a studio in our house so I can work remotely, which has been like so helpful to actually get songs done. 
Um, and then I started going live every Tuesday on TikTok when the pandemic hit. Oh. And got exposed to a whole new audience on there, people that didn't know me from, you know, regionally or, or my Instagram or anything. So that was like a whole new thing to explore. And I loved feeling like getting the immediate feedback where you do something like, oh, yeah, I like that song. Do one like this. Or uh, it was just a really hands on like engagement with audience, even though I'm in my living room with my phone here. So I'm still kind of fascinated by the fact that the artist now has the power. Like The yeah. creatives have never been in a place where they've been able to take to do what they want and build the audience. And the audience is like the most valuable thing now. Sure. It's not necessarily the label. It's do you have fans that are dedicated to you and that are going to kind of come along for the ride? Yeah. And well, and, and on top of that, to be able to monetize it. Totally. We well, we're uh, Lori and I love wine and we are members to about five or six different wineries and pre, you know, 2000 pre shutdown, these wineries had events every week. So we would have bingo night at one, movie night <laughs> at the other, uh, trivia at the other, live music at the other, mm-hmm. and just cycle through. And you, I, I, I think I'm, I'm really curious to see who made the decisions of how to reach out to customers. Because the, there are certain, a couple of wineries did nothing. Hmm. They would send out a newsletter once every six weeks to say, hey, you know, just a hello, but yeah. not really doing anything. But there were other ones who were doing trivia through Zoom and movie nights through Friends with Movies on that uh, Netflix app oh, yeah. that you can do. We did a Halloween party with our wine club. Oh, no way. <laughs> in 20, it must have been 2020. Mm-hmm. But we dressed up. It's like Lori did the... She she was uh, did you watch uh, Shit's Creek? Oh, of course. She of was course. Uh, Moira. Moira with the birds. <gasps> oh, incredible! <laughs> and what were you? I was. I think I was just a zombie. Yeah. I'm just a simple, basic. I love simple zombies. zombie. Yeah. Just always go with the classic yeah. zombie. Uh, but the person who won did a full uh, um, Angelina Jolie in that Disney movie. Um, oh, wicked! Uh, Is it wicked? No, it's. Uh, Oh, you shit. know what I'm talking about? Yep, like it has with the, the horns. horns. Yeah. Oh, it's going to really bother me now. Like she, uh, yeah, she went M- Maleficent. Yes, Maleficent. Yes. And they went, she like super all out. And I'm like, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, you know, the, and then now that, you know, you can have stuff in, in, at the, at the winery, at the mm-hmm. tasting room, we're starting to do more stuff outside. But again, th- my, one of my favorite musicians, his name is Max Gomez. He was doing YouTube concerts mm-hmm. and then just had to say, Hey, my YouTube is, mm-hmm. and people would send him money. Uh, but you're right. The ability for an artist to go directly to the audience has, I mean, record labels and executives panicking mm-hmm. of how, how are we going to adjust because they're taking our money. Right. Well, and I have friends on major labels that are like big players and the record label won't let them release a video until the song blows up on TikTok first. So oh. it's so interesting to kind of see one how? kind of the hesitation, but then the understanding like, oh shit, this is where the money is. Yeah. Like, how do we kind of get involved? So I'm I'm very interested to see where things land in like 10 to 15 years, where the music industry is and where the entertainment industry is. 
Um, but I'm really excited to kind of see, for lack of a better term, like the more normal people kind of create this whole lifestyle that people can be a part of and use it to fund their lives. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be a little bit of a curmudgeon here, but I'm yeah. guessing that it's going to be the same way that the movie industry did mm-hmm. with small indie movies where, you know, Miramax, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of a bad word now, but 20 years ago, they were a, you know, a little art house movie distribution, uh, distribution company, indie, but they got ended up getting bought out by a huge company. Mm-hmm. So then the same decisions that were made to release big movies are the same process. Yeah. Except through the lens of, is this a small indie art house movie? Right. <laughs> but right. it's the same. The same people, the same, the same decision makers. It. Yeah. So they'll find a way. Yes. I mean, these big companies aren't, mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, they're going to create these bunch of little tiny companies. Yeah but then still be under a big umbrella company. Well, and it's really interesting to see what kind of bigger companies just as far as brand deals go. So I'll negotiate for my clients, like um, for Ashley, she's a runner. And then like we just did a campaign with ASICs. And so to have companies that understand the value and like actually get how many views and conversions they're going to get from that. And some companies are, that will be like, why would you charge that? That's ridiculous. And then other companies will be like, whatever it takes, sure. we know that she's the right fit. So I feel like there's a ton up in the air as far as like companies kind of have to make the decision whether they're going to go. I always say, where where are the eyes? Like, where are people looking? Where? Yeah. And where do you think? Is that TikTok? Yes, I absolutely think it's TikTok. I hate TikTok. Well, you know what? That's that's a very common answer. It's okay. What do you hate about it? Tell you me what, what you hate about it. I'm going to get I'm going to get uh global social political. Let's go. For a bit. Okay. I've been reading tons about how well TikTok is a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. I've been reading tons about how the Chinese control the algorithm to suit what they want their young kids to see in China. Yeah. So the TikTok videos that kids are being, ex- or kids, well, you know, the population is being exposed to are science-related, math-related, achievement-based. Interesting. Videos. And the TikTok viewers here in the mm-hmm. U.S. are getting nonsense. Yeah. And that bothers me. Even yeah. if it's, even if, I mean, th- th- this might sound a tad bit, conspiratorial conspiracy driven mm-hmm. but people have done side by sides of what of what viewers see yeah we see totally dumb stuff and the the in china they see oh this is how you do this math problem or this is how, this is this engineering thing yeah so that that bugs me well do you know true. Do you know how the algorithm works? If it like you say you are going to TikTok and you're scrolling through, a lot of it is curated to how long you're on certain videos. Sure. So like your your um your feed kind of becomes your personality almost. Like if you look at someone's TikTok feed, you know whether they're into sports or there's a lot of like therapists and people on there. So I don't disagree with you that there are definitely some things that need to be fixed and they just rolled out a huge algorithm change where they're really cracking down on a lot of the inconsistencies and a lot of the um like what they allow to be on there so i i do feel like because they want to they're becoming kind of the the front runner in social media i feel like 
they're going to have to play that game a little bit. Mm. So again, I'm curious to see where that lands, but as far as viewers go, that's where everyone's eyes are. Yeah. Right yeah, it is. And I'm, 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 I'm doing it on purpose Yeah, that I don't, that I don't do. And even when I do stuff for, for, you know, I think we have similar job descriptions, mm-hmm. um, but I'm more on the, just a bit on marketing and a whole lot more on the admins. Cause I do a bunch of boring stuff that I don't want to do. <laughs> um, and then do a bit of the content creation. <clears throat> I don't use the film. I don't use the editing functions within either of them, Instagram or TikTok. I use my own. Yeah. And then I just upload the video that I make and yeah. then just duplicate it onto, onto TikTok. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like it. <laughs> That's okay. And so we, I hated we were- it. I did not like it at first either. I was getting like irritated. My husband, he was strong. I was like, are you still on that app? Like that's stupid, you know? And until I like, I, I tell people who don't like it and I don't, I'm not like some big, huge TikTok like champion, but I do. It's, you know, a majority of the income stream <laughs> that I'm dealing with right, right now. So I, you know, I, I, I love it. Um, and I've just learned a ton on there and connected with people that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but I encourage you, especially if you don't like it to spend 10 to 15 minutes a day on it and just kind of like, it takes a little bit kind of like Schitt's Creek when people first start Schitt's Creek, like, I don't really get it. It's not really funny, but you're getting a couple episodes oh, in. I loved it from the very And first then second. you're like locked in. So <laughs> I would encourage you to, to, because you hate it. Yeah. Try I'm way to, older than you too. So, well, you know. That's, I don't, young kids. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my husband, he's 40, 42, and he's the one that, like, he was like, this is going to be the next big thing. I was like, is it? I don't know. I don't know. But I was, like, still over my Instagram game. Um, but it's it's interesting. And I one thing about social media platforms is, like, to understand that it will always change. Oh, like, yeah. there's nothing It'll that's going to be. It'll be something new in right. 10 years. And so what I encourage my clients is, like, once you have the audience or whatever platform it is, and they're dedicated and they want to you know, journey along with you. Sure. Um, Yeah. Follow. Yeah. You got to have your own spot, like have your own landing page, your website, podcasts, places where people can find you without algorithm garbage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Viners found a home on YouTube Mm -hmm. or Twitch. Yeah. You know, what I was going to say is during, again, during lockdown, Lori, um, what, what club is this? Like the unicorn or the cuff or one of these one of these clubs, these bars on Capitol Hill. Yeah. There was a DJ named Disco Vinny. Yeah. And since he couldn't DJ at a at a club anymore, he went on Twitch. And my wife, every Thursday during lockdown, my wife would go on to the patio with her bottle of whatever and listen to Disco Vinny play disco music for a couple hours and then give him a few bucks. I love it. And it was, I mean, that is how he, how he went to that. I mean, Twitch is a big one. Oh, it's huge, especially for musicians and creators like that. Like I had people that would just go, they'd be producing for hours and hours and people would just watch it. And it is fascinating. Like if you're, I, I can't get over how much you're able to learn from, I know there's a lot of garbage and a lot of like, you know, booty shaking and stuff on there. But um, I just sound like a grandma. Garbage <laughs> and booty shaking. Like, w- am I 100? Those um, whippersnappers. Yeah, exactly. These youths. <laughs> anyway, but I, 
it's incredible like when you are interested in a subject like mm-hmm. i learned a ton about production from tiktok and yeah. found out about you know master classes and stuff that i'd be interested in yeah. and things like that so well i guess they what really what what it boils down to is what do you want to get out of it so like you want to get out of it knowledge mm-hmm. not just I mindless use the word entertainment brain, yeah, i want to use brain dead entertainment yeah but it's like knowledge um the same way you know with me when i watch stuff is just I'm a big copier. I don't really feel like I need to invest a whole ton of thought into creating original stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just a follower <laughs> and I'm okay with that <laughs> when it comes to that part of it. Mm-hmm. But then even that, you can't just copy something. Right. I mean, there there takes some skill to, like the other day I made this eight second video of holding a shoe, dropping it. And then just doing a quick cut to it coming back to me, but it's another shoe and I'm dropping it. And then, so I was watching the original one and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I mean, it took me like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. because you do have to navigate through, you know, knowing how to cut, edit and do timing and time to music. Yep. So there's a little bit more to it. So that's what... I grumble. I do grumble like an old man because I say, man, these these TikTokers and these people who just make reels, they actually it's easy to hate on them. Yeah, it's easy to hate (laughs) my hands down. My favorite thing about TikTok is it's a platform that rewards authenticity. And like with Instagram, especially in the influencer world, everything was about super curated, super perfected, really like perfectly pretty girls and the perfect clothes. And that was where the money was. That was like what people were interested in. And then now you have, there's um, this girl, Elise Myers, she's hysterical. She's got 4 million followers and she shows up in a sweatshirt with her hair up and a messy bun and no makeup every day. And she was like, I'm totally comfortable with the way that I look. Yeah. So I don't feel like I need to put on a show. So it's crazy that the it's just like you're hanging out with a friend and you stop by their house on a on a weekday night sure as opposed to like okay it's saturday we got ready we're we're all ready to you know hit the club or whatever again i'm showing my age over here but that's something that was really exciting to me Do you hit the club still no god no <laughs> oh god no no, I the, like I said, the last time I was out was probably when I played the crocodile yeah. and I had friends that had young kids and they were coming out. And uh, one of the managers was like, OK, you're going to go on at like 1115. And I was like, <laughs> at, at night. And that, I'm like, I used to be fine with my 20s. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'll be there, whatever. And then I was I had friends. I was like, just go home. It's not it's not worth it. We're going to be here till 1 a.m. Like, just mm. just I appreciate it. Just come hang out backstage and you guys can go home in a reasonable hour. Um, so, yeah, I think I would fall asleep at this point. Man, it's are you were you a fan, a fan of Friends? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So is it that the episode? <clears throat> didn't he talk about that on an episode where when he's like with Chandler was like, I'm 29. Damn it. I just want to like sit in my house right. and go to bed at a reasonable hour. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have my moments, but I think for the most part. That's uh, like I don't like going. I've never really liked going to uh, like what do you call them? Like Aston Manor. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never liked that. I, I had a buddy who was a boxer, mm-hmm. and he befriended the owner of of Aston. Austin? Yeah, I Aston? think it's Aston, Aston Manor. Manor. And um, he gave my buddy VIP tickets, and because supposedly Drake was going to be there, not performing, but just right. there. 
So I got to go with them, but that was not fun at no, all. No. And first of all, there were about six of us. And the youngest one, he was just barely 21, mm-hmm. could barely get in. Okay. Young kid, boxer, so he has that cocky attitude. Mm-hmm. We're up on the top on their little balcony. <clears throat> he goes down, starts dancing on the, the main floor, brings up two girls. And we had bottle service. Oh, so, you that's know, they why, make this that's whole why the production. girls are just coming. So we had through. a bottle, like a bottle. <laughs> And then he's pouring these girls drinks and the bottle's gone and then the girls left. Yep. So then, you know, true 21 year old right there. So then my, my buddy, he goes, all right, should we get another one? I was like, sure, let's get another one. So he got another bottle. That same guy went down, got another girl. See, why did you let him do that? No one was, I did it. First of all, (laughs) call me dummy. I didn't know that these were $400 bottles. Oh, my gosh. What? He we ended up getting three bottles, which I only had maybe three drinks out of. And then at Stupid. the end of the night, my buddy goes, I put all this on my credit card. You owe $380 or something like that. Was no. my cut for it. That's not I'm worth like, Man, it. that is whack. So fine. Was I mean, Drake I, there though? I, he was there. Like I got to about four. 20 feet from him. Yeah. And was it worth the $300? No. Yeah. You could just go on, go on his so- no. social media and have a nice little chat That's with him right. on there. And then the kicker, <laughs> the, the biggest kick in the balls for all this thing is that the, the guy who brought up the girls and drank more than half of all of the booze passed out, had no money. Of course. Has no money. Cause he didn't really have a job. Never put in. Of course any not. Of this cut. He's 21. Stealing people's booze to give to the ladies. Man, that was super whack. But you're right. I am, I mean, I have a decent story. I mean, that's not the best story. <laughs> but it's a kind of good story that yeah. I was within 20 feet of Drake, well, yeah. which I don't even, okay, whatever. <laughs> I I spent more than plenty of time in my 20s. I already worked at uh, one of the pop radio stations in Seattle for when I was in college and then a little bit after. Oh, that's cool. And so we, um, one of the things on like the promo team was I would handle the, <laughs> the list for how, what was it? Was it Trinity in Pioneer Square? Yeah, Trinity. Dressed yeah. to impress. Yes. So I, you know, again, being 21, 22, loved it, loved it. And then when 23 rolled around and I kind of look at people again, I always, any professional setting, I always look at the people five to ten years ahead of me sure. and think, okay, is that where I'd want to be? Right. And I've been really lucky to have a ton of amazing mentors like across the board. I've, I've had like a thousand jobs. But um, that one in particular, I remember thinking, I don't think I want to do this in five <laughs> years. I don't think I want to do this. I loved it at the time, but I was like, I'm ready to move on. That is such a... Smart. That is such an intelligent, self-aware way to look at something like that That's should be mortar that mortar. That should be like default thinking. Right. For everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, do you that, that, that is super powerful. The only it helps thing, you though, plan out like what kind of life do you want to have and yeah. making sure you're making decisions every day that bring you closer to that. Right. And if you don't think about that, you're just going to kind of go along. <laughs> Like the only problem would be that personal responsibility plays a role in all of this. Mm-hmm. 
And if uh, there's an issue in individuals accepting that, yeah. then it's, I can see where that might be a bit of a challenge. Yes. To, the, you know, the floodgate of excuses are going to, are going to open. Yes. But that is, that should be on a t-shirt. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll put it on one, <laughs> sell it on my website, <laughs> which is susangmusic.com, by the way. <laughs> oh, we'll put all of this stuff in the know, show notes. Just, we'll put all of this stuff. Um, no, but that's something that I've always, cause I, I was, I've always been fascinated by the entertainment industry, always had like an insatiable desire to perform and be a part of any sort of arts and anything creative and exciting and new. And so every job that I've had, it's been looking at it like, is this going to, I worked for the, the Pacific Northwest chapter of the Grammys for a while and ran their, um, Grammy university program. And the best part was I got to pick artists that would come through Seattle that would have college kids that come do the meet and greet and listen to their sound check. Oh, that's so cool. this is going to date <clears throat> me. My, um, <laughs> when, when I fell in love with an artist named Adele, when she, uh, she just put out like chasing pavements and I think it was, she maybe had her first record done, but I don't, I don't know. And she came through Numos and I was like, I love this chick. Like we've got to go. So we brought the, all the university kids through and she was like, Swearing like a sailor yeah. had like, you know, holes in her leggings. She just woke up from a nap. And I was, I was like, she's hilarious. I wonder what she's going to be like on stage. She comes up, like walks out wearing the same shit oh. and like looks the same and then just kills it. I was like, she is so incredible. Um, so that was like a huge, um, huge, like, you know, notch in my <laughs> musical belt. Just someone that I've met that I've like really obviously been inspired by that is amazing yeah but then i'll look at in those situations i'll say okay who who at the label is here with her who knows something that i can learn something from and it's all about like just learning from the people around me who are ahead of me because if i want to do that like i want to know as much as possible so i'd have a lot of meetings i was so annoying i was so green and so annoying and i there's been multiple label reps that have been very kind, <laughs> very patient. I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy you coffee. I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, great. So uh, anyway, but yeah, I always try to learn from the people, people I come in contact with for sure. I, know that I was swimming through <clears throat> my mind of memories, the <laughs> memories in my mind. And, uh, Isn't that a song? Oh, that should be. I feel like it's a Barbara Streisand song. Is it? Maybe. Uh, when er, a boss that I had early on, he gave me my first managerial role and I was 20 and I was managing 50 year old men. Whoa. And it was, it was, it was tough at first. And he told me, he said, always be trying to work yourself out of a job. Ooh, I like that. So the people who you looked up to, I'm I, I'm going to go out here and guess mm-hmm. the ones who taught you the most, the ones who shared the most wanted you to improve, get better and advance. A hundred percent. And that's the, the that's what this his name is Steve Schaus. That's what Steve Schaus told me when I was 20 years old. He said, if you ever get the opportunity to show someone something that you're doing. Yeah. Take it. That's cool. Because then that's only going to free up more of your time, which is then going to let you do something better. Yeah. And then the same thing, just keep, keep on doing it and keep on doing it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then I had another boss. (laughs) 
this little short Italian from the south side of Chicago guy who told me that no boss will ever tell you you're doing a good job because then they're not going to have a reason to not give you a raise. Um, I heard that one first. I bet he's still in that same position, <laughs> oh, by the <man>. way. <laughs> I read it here. This dude's dead. He was quite oh, wound up. Oh, my gosh. He was a chain smoker, uh, diet coke addicted Wow. High strung man. Sounds like a real gem. <laughs> Sounds like a real gem of a boss. <laughs> it, just in your brain, just think cliche, stereotypical Italian Chicago guy. Okay. And it's this guy. It's there. I'm picturing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, no, that's super cool. So with the with the writing, like I am <laughs> super impressed with people who can write a paragraph. Really? I am. See, I, I was talking about this the other day. I It's very hard for me to, I think, value my, for lack of a better word, accomplishments or what I do. If it comes easy for me, I don't feel like it's worth celebrating or worth um, the value that it could be. But writing to me has always been fun and easy. Like I literally majored in creative writing because I took one creative writing class and I was like, this is super easy and like really ambiguous. Can I just do this as a major? And, sh- and all the professors or writers are like, whatever you think, like if you want to, I was like, but am I good enough to yeah. actually? Do-? And she's like, sure, whatever you want. I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to major in this. And so I had one of my best friends is like very serious, very type A businessy. And um, which I'm realizing now is a lot more of my personality than I had previously thought. But she would make fun of me because she'd like be up really early if I have her, you know, note cards and studying for this test. And I'd like wake up at 10 a.m. being like, I have to like write something to say in class. Like, what am I going to name my characters? (laughs) I don't know. But she is like, she can't write either. So she would like, it's so easy. I'm like, it is so easy. But uh, like she had the drive in business then that I did not have that came later. So, yeah, I just love I've always loved language, whether it's songwriting. And really, I took creative writing classes because I was like, oh, it's going to help my my lyrics. Right. I'm super jealous, <laughs> super <laughs> jealous of anyone who can write. Um, I have a I have a buddy who's a screenwriter. Oh, that's cool. And he's written a few, had some made, had a made. Um, and right now he's working. He's working on one. And uh, very nonchalantly, he said, you know, if this. If this screenplay just doesn't work for who I'm writing it for, I'm just going to turn it into a novel. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, just turn it. See, that's yeah. where, that's not the type of writing I could ever do. So let's, don't envy me too much. It's I, In my brain, it's the exact same thing. Really? Yeah. I think mine is like very, and it was hard for me to write during, um, during COVID and a lot of like the social issues that were happening because it, it seemed too fluffy and seemed too insignificant. So it was like. I went through a transition where I was like, if I don't have anything of value or like important to say, like, do I say it? Because a lot of my stuff is experiential, which is like pretty, I usually can find humor in every situation that I'm right. put in. And uh, so a lot of it is kind of like telling funny stories about, you know, going to, the, you know, the floaty thing that you do where you're in the pod and you like float in the uh, salt water. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it did not go well for me. But um like writing articles like that where people are like, oh, I want to try that and I'll go try it for them and then tell them the real, <laughs> real version of it. So when it comes to like writing a novel or something of, a, of 
you know, great depth. I, I, I don't know if that would be my category. <laughs> In my simpleton of a brain. Yes. It is the, it's, it's super impressive to be for any writer, even the piece you wrote for the shop, which was just be, you basically just described Paris's love for sneakers and related it back to his growing up and more me- memory driven versus this is just a shoe. Yeah. Right? Man. Wonderful. Well, it was so good. You. I, I could have it. never, th- when my wife would laugh and she would actually get, get annoyed with me because when I had to write, papers for school <laughs> i would freak out for an hour on how to format the thing yeah i'm like all right so <laughs> so what do i do have a space and a half is that is that what happens and then i would ask a bunch of questions should this be single space should it be a space and a half well what should i do here should i indent do i indent here <laughs> well and the, what's funny is my husband is writing is not his forte and we just got in an argument the other day because he is a double spacer after sentences he'll do two spaces sure. and so he's like oh will you edit this press release for me and i'm like did you do the double space because you already know i'm going to be super pissed off if i'm going and deleting spaces the whole time um i think you just aged your husband too i did well yeah. he we that's he looked it up and he was like oh my gosh i think it's from like typewriter days yeah where that was the right. correct thing to do and i was like what are you doing with this this is terrible um <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, so I, I really. A, Lori was a teacher. Oh, that's cool. She uh, she was a teacher, and we were having dinner um, years ago with uh, with the with the with a colleague of mine, and his mom was an English teacher, an English professor, and we were just talking, and I'm not sure why that topic came up of the double space, and then Lori says, actually, you don't double space anymore. You just single space anymore. And then his name was Larry. Larry was adamant. No that way. Lori was wrong. Well, if his name was Larry, we know why he was adamant. <clears throat> and then he pulled out the, my mom is a college English professor. And then we looked it up and then he was wrong. And then he was super pissed. <laughs> I was like, you know, good for you for standing on your hill, but this one did not go well for you. See, that's why I try not to be overly confident in my opinions on things because it's no, most likely going to change at some point. You know, I'm I'm okay mm-hmm. because okay, this is super nerdy. But the other day, I was having a conversation with a couple guys about the multiverse, mm-hmm. and they weren't too happy that the multiverse. And I'm talking about Marvel, like comic stuff, right here. Gotcha. Like I was thinking Meta, so I'm yeah. glad that you clarified no, Spider Man. Okay. <laughs> so they were complaining that the multiverse was a spider-man in the in the spider-verse concept and they were not happy that that concept moved over and is now a like for a bunch of marvel properties it's the 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 multiverse and then i looked at them and i was like yo the multiverse has been around since the 60s but i was not sure at all (laughs) yeah Just coming in hot. <laughs> I was not. I was 70% sure because I'm like 5% of a comic book nerd. Okay. I said the multiverse has been around for decades. This isn't new. I said maybe this is the first time in the current Marvel cinematic universe it's been shown, mm-hmm. but it's been in the comics 
since the 60s. And they kind of just looked at me really weird. They're like, you're sure? I'm like, 100 for sure. But I really wasn't. <laughs> and did they look it up? They didn't. They're not. But the, you but still were right. Okay. But And then In I was right. Minds. And I'm like, whoa. Nice like, job. Huge. Nice work. <laughs> then my buddy goes, well, what would you have done if you were wrong? I would have said, my, if I were wrong, I would have just said, well, what are you listening to me for? What do I know? Right. I'm not a Marvel expert. I um, have learned there's a particular story in college that comes to mind when we were doing trivia, and I was so adamant that um, the answer was Maud, the old show with um, oh, Dorothy B. from Arthur. the Golden. Yes, B. Arthur. And I was like, you guys, it it is Maud. Like, I don't know. I'm like, if you don't put it down, I swear. <laughs> and they like fought me on it, and I was so pissed. I think I either left or did, but I was like, and it wasn't. Mod, and so they all make fun of me now of like oh is it is it mod mod? and so after that happened i was like i think i need to reevaluate why i feel it's (laughs) necessary to be right when it's a trivia at a bar but um so i've I've tried to scale some of my competitiveness back (laughs) i rationalize it by saying it is okay for you to be so dead set on something but then you also have to say okay i was wrong yeah that's where a lot of people totally miss it Especially when there's new information that comes right. out or, yeah, you just live a little bit longer. That's been my thing. It's like thinking things are a certain way. And then I, every year I'm like learning more about it. It's like, oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like that's actually not, <laughs> not what I thought it was. Yeah. You have to be equally okay to say I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. What I have found is that when you are so dead set on something and you're wrong and you easily just admit it was like, okay, I was wrong. That pisses people off equally no as if you had been right and they were wrong really yeah because i i believe in my opinion we were when someone is so dead set on something and they're wrong people are just ready for a, an argument yeah they're ready for the person to be defensive mm-hmm. and say i was right or yeah but one of these yeah but statements mm-hmm. but then when you just say okay i was wrong there's nowhere for them to go it diffuses it. It diffuses it. Yep. It's like an argument. I always say like, the best way to combat anger is with kindness because it takes them off guard and it's like there's no one to fight right. with. What are they what are they gonna do? There's nowhere to go. Yeah. It, you- my my husband is quite the antagonist and likes to play devil's advocate for most things. And so when we were first met, I was like, that's fine if you think that it doesn't upset me. And he was like, why? Like it upsets most people. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. If you believe that, this is what I believe. And that's your opinion is not going to change what I believe. So there you go. But I'm happy to hear it. And he was like kind of taken aback that I wouldn't argue with him on right. stuff where people kind of would have in the past. So I, that's usually my MO in argument. I try to go like, you know what? That's a good point. And you could be right. And, and, that, and then they're like, why aren't you fighting with me? It's like, I just don't want to. Yep. I don't yep. want to. People want to fight <laughs> yes. and you do that, you take it away from them and they get even more. Mad. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best position. It is. It is. <laughs> so, yeah, I dig the writing. I really do. Well, thank you. It's, um, it was a fun story to tell. Like anytime I go, I, I try to make it as interesting as possible. And the most the easiest way to do that is tell a compelling story. And usually it's the people. It's not necessarily the business. It's like who is running it? Why are they doing it? And why is it successful? So. I try to kind of sum that up as much as I can, but that's kind of like the anchor of what I try to get to if I'm covering anything. I mean, it's only it's only a human piece and 
writing that way is the most effective, has been the most effective way to get people to relate to it since forever. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that we're still the same way. Like yeah. humans are still the exact same way. Totally. Um, if you want to get super nerdy with the film stuff, there's film theorists who say that there are only really seven stories that can be told. I feel like I've heard <clears throat> this before. I've, or six, six or seven. Yeah. And it's like, isn't it like the coming of age or like. Yeah, boy meets girl. Yeah. Girl meets boy. I, conflict. I was listening to a podcast with uh, Kristen Bell and because I listen to armchair experts and Mm. then Kristen Bell had one for a little bit and she was talking about they had a Reese Witherspoon on and they were talking exactly that and they're trying to sell um, stories and shows that kind of break that mold and the people that are in charge are like, what do you mean? This isn't this story. This doesn't fit into this category. And she was like, yeah, but like, let's try to expand on those or like show more dimension. I was like really intrigued by the things that she was saying that uh, it's that she was kind of, they were trying to push back against that. Mm. But I mean, if it works, it works. It's hard to say. I mean, everything is based off of something else in some way or another. Yeah. There's this YouTube channel that I watch called Cinefix. Cinefix? Cine? Cinefix, and they break it down. Like they'll say, they'll like they'll pick this random movie, and then they'll say this part of the story, this part of the story, this part of the story, and then they'll relate it to other movies mm-hmm. that are you would never think are together. Yeah, but just the drama or the arc, or like oh that's the antagonist. Oh that's like in Schitt's Creek. I was reading that the um, you know the front desk. I can't think of her name. Stevie, Stevie, that she's placed there to like make sure that the audience understands how ridiculous the other characters are. She's like, (laughs) she's the one that like kind of anchors it because otherwise it's like kind of unbelievable. But to have her there is kind of the one saying like, you guys are crazy. That makes it so much more palatable for the viewer. Because there's only so much that the normal, quote unquote, normal audience will tolerate. You're absolutely right. It needs that anchoring point to Mm -hmm. say. Someone else other than me needs to realize that these people are insane. Totally. And if anyone is smoking a cigarette, they're either the bad guy or they're going to die. <laughs> That's It's true. It's true. You watch. You keep that in your notes next time you watch all your Marvel movies. Is that why there's a warning on Netflix when they're smoking? I think that's so funny. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That's, that is. No, I, I feel like my husband read something and told me that one time. And now I'm like hyper aware of it. Every time yeah. someone's smoking, I was like, oh. Shit, I'm the bad guy. They're, they're gonna, gonna, they're gonna go. They're gonna go. <laughs> I love movies. Um, yeah. Now, now having uh, with recently, my social circle has expanded to a screenwriter and film students and or film film school graduates and just the way they talk about movies and arcs and what they dislike about stuff versus what they do like about it. At first. I was really intimidated because, okay, I'm just a dopey guy, you know, pretty simple. But then when we would see movies, the same movie, I would, in my mind, I would say, I don't like this because of this, this, or this, or this, or this. And then to hear them agree, you know, in their own analysis, say mm-hmm. this was wrong, this was wrong. I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. I kind of, I think I know what I know what I'm talking Look about. You. That makes me even more... <laughs> <laughs> it gives me the ability to be even more dead set. Yeah, totally. 
Well, and it, I've always thought it was interesting, like especially the movie setting, the traditional movies and like big studio movies. The balance between you have the business portion of it, like what's the general public going to accept and the creative piece. So I always feel like that would be a really hard balance to right. find. I think with any kind of with any creative project, it's like, OK, yeah, it's artistic and beautiful. But how do we sell it? Like how what's. Yeah. Who's, I mean, be? it's the same question. Who's the audience? Yep. Where are they? Mm-hmm. Will they pay? That's why I love, I've been so into television series lately because of the depth. It feels like reading a book because it's like, it's just longer. The story is more developed and I, I've been sucked into a lot lately. Which one? Well, uh, I'm very excited that Miss, that Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is back. Oh, right. I, I love, love that show. That show. And um, Amy Palladino, who did Gilmore, um, this is Gilmore like, Girl. yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. Um, and I then, can spot her writing a mile right? away. And the dialogue is so funny and so fast. I, I'm obsessed with it. So I, I very much, and just as a woman, um, watching her in that time, kind of doing her thing and having this, uh, just this strength and confidence. It's right. like, I, I love stories like that. Um, so that one... Um, Ozark mm. I have to like I'm more of the comedies <laughs> but I do like the dramas but it, it, a lot of them are so dark I like need need the switch yeah um, and Succession I've been super into is that the Showtime billion no that's not that's and billions. billions I've watched billions too but I like Succession <laughs> better because you just think like how are these people so horrible and then they just keep continuing getting to be horrible, horrible. Mm-hmm. but yeah so those are the ones that I've I've been really into <laughs> if my buddy Kelly is listening he's probably laughing Because when you mentioned Ozarks, I've only complained about a hundred times that the 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 Mexican cartel boss Uh has horrible Spanish. Really? And it is because he is not Mexican. Yeah. He is Puerto Rican from New York. Okay, well see that's a valid point. (laughs) That is a valid point. Someone who does not speak Spanish, my two year old knows more Spanish than I do. Um that that's a valid concern. It's horrible. His <laughs> ac- his his accent, his um the his nephew mm-hmm. is Mexican. Yeah. His Spanish is perfect. Right. His but the main guy. The main guy. Terrible. He is an American Puerto Rican from Queens. No, we can't have that. And it's it just drives me nuts. So Speak. then he looked at me like I complained enough to him. I was probably bothering him about it. <laughs> he probably was like, hey, I don't want to hear about this anymore. <laughs> and then he said, is this is this casting choice affecting your love of the show? And I said, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is. It is taking it down from a 10 to easily a 7.8. I agree with you because I'm having this exact <laughs> same problem with the show Inventing Anna on Netflix. Okay. It's a Shonda Rhimes show. I usually love her writing for the first two or three seasons because then she like passes it off and then it gets garbagey. But um, it's the Ruth from Ozark right. is the main character. And she says that she's doing, she's supposed to be from Germany, but she's really from Russia. So she tries to have yeah. a German accent with like Russian undertones. And then I still hear her accent from Ozark. And it is... <laughs> It does not work. It just doesn't work. I I think she's an amazing actress, but she's just, I, I don't think she's the right fit for that part. It's that not believable seems... to me, and it's driving me insane. And I want to keep watching it, but it pisses me off. It distracts. Yes. 
Yes. It super distracts. The mm-hmm. first time that I noticed the horrible choice in casting <laughs> was with Narcos on Netflix. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the story about Juan, uh, Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. The actor's Brazilian, which isn't even Spanish. Right. It's Portuguese. <laughs> even though Colombians, their acts, they're, the way they speak is, I used to go to Colombia a ton. Mm-hmm. They would not understand my Spanish and I would find it really hard to understand them. Mm-hmm. So they have this whole unit. But Brazilians are on a complete, they're not even remotely close. You think that they would like check this stuff I mean, before I mean, he they look like them. I mean, I'm assuming this is why. Like, yeah. And then they, I'm sure he worked for a dialect coach. But Maybe they just think, oh, people won't care. But we yeah, do care. I care. We like care. I noticed it. It's like yeah. I told my, you know, my, my buddies were going on and on and on about how good Narcos was. And then I saw the first few episodes and then I looked at it and was like, did you realize that this is not even close? Right. And then you're like, oh, it was still good. You know, <laughs> shut up, Carlos. Like, okay. <laughs> it's okay, Carlos. I understand. I, I totally understand okay. how I distracting it is. Stuff. Yeah, I love the. Although <clears throat> the only problem with really digging um, these series is that it's hard to find a series that ends well. Mm. The, 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 they just yeah. seem to. Because I'm, I'm assuming part of it is like they don't know how long they're going to be on. Totally. So some of them end like crap. Mm-hmm. Like Schitt's Creek ended well. Ugh. I dug it. Triumphantly. Yeah. And did you watch the um, documentary? Yeah. But they knew. <sighs> right. That it would be six seasons. Yeah, right. That's knew. how shows should be. So 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 it could be. But like something like, OK, this is this is like little for Lost. <laughs> I, I had to quit that show. It. it the. the it like it was nonsense. I hated it. Although I, I will say that I liked The Sopranos. A lot of people did not like how The Sopranos ended. I liked it. I have never seen The Sopranos. You haven't? No. Oh, you have it's on my it. list. It's on my list. I want to start from the beginning and watch the whole thing. But Lost, I, I tried really hard the first season, a little bit into the second. And I was like, every episode just gives me more ridiculous questions and zero answers. I'm out. I can't do it. I'm out. Like once the smoke monster showed right. up, it's, it's like, like, what get, are you guys doing? What is this? Get out! Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't withstand it. I had to get out. It of was, there. The, uh, but, but you know, whatever. Like the last season, they should have just ended it well before. So that's the problem. Yeah. Um, we we got into. They need uh, to just consult us on how to end these things, and we will tell them <laughs> what they need to do. It's so easy. You know, that's funny that you say that. I think that I should be a consultant for commercials. Oh, okay. Some commercials are just flat out stupid. Most, like 90% of commercials I can't believe are actual Like, did you not run by the, any, any, anyone? They don't care. Like, I can do that. Right. And I'm thinking, again, from an advertising perspective, really how many people are seeing that commercial? If it's on, like, live cable or, like, watching the news, it's all um, pharmaceutical, like, ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> stuff of, like... Take this pill for tults. no reason. Yeah. For some reason, tults. Yeah, I can't. Comes to mind. Like, I hate the Fred Meyer campaign right now. Oh, is it the one with the dancing clay people? I do not like those. Those people freak me <laughs> out. I think that one get low one is kind of funny. <laughs> there's no way that dude. They're speaking in my, my college <clears throat> days. There's no way that an average dude who's no. that tubby that yeah. has the knees of a toothpick can do that. <laughs> Maybe I'm just jealous that I can't do it. Maybe you need to go to the grocery store and see if you can do a better job. 
I think no. that's how we're going to settle this. I would get rid of that whole thing. <laughs> the, there's a there's this other uh, business that is doing. I've had this whole bottle. Well, I'm jealous. I'm still standing though. That's all right. I'm I haven't. Still uh, I haven't gotten into my controversial topic, so that I'm okay. That means I'm okay. Okay, cool. Who is it? It's like it's some pizza place. Where it's the same thing. It's this. Uh, they just I don't know little, little clay people who dance in weird dances. I don't. know. I just don't like it. Well, maybe you're not their demo. Maybe they don't. They're not going after you. I guess not. <laughs> like I like the Allstate commercials with yeah. the ew. With the no, K, what's his name? Mischief? Is no. it? Is it? The, oh yeah, he's funny. He's funny. I like Mayhem. him. I liked him in Thirty Rock. Mayhem is good. Yeah. Mayhem is super good. Mm-hmm. Flow from Progressive. Yeah. And Jamie from Progressive are hilarious. Yeah. That's a really good campaign. Um, the other Progressive ads with. You know, don't be your parents. Oh yeah, I Ma- do like that one. Because I do the like main that one. guy, mm-hmm. not the not the instructor, but usually the other main guy. Yeah, who's just like his his dad. That is my buddy Danny. Too no a way. T. Oh, that's fantastic. He is. He looks like him. He talks like him. <laughs> exactly the exact same thing. He'll be the guy who's like, no, we should park here because X, Y, and Z. Oh my gosh. It's like, nope. You you need this like. <laughs> He's so every time I see this commercial, I just and I love my buddy Danny. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, those are super good, but there's too many, too many commercials. That's why I don't watch them anymore. That's why I just go to my Netflix shows and my HBO shows. Yeah, so we've talked about your singing, songwriting, yes, which um, I should know this, but I don't know this. Are there any videos of you singing? Oh, yeah. Okay. That was my whole TikTok for the first year. Well, on non-TikTok, are you on YouTube? Yes, I am on YouTube, Susan G Music. So there is, I released a, probably my favorite video I did. Um, I think we did it last year. I don't, at the time. Like a full-on video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that was to my song, Hesitate. I started working with a producer out of LA that I love, and we... um, been working remotely we released like three songs together and then i just went down a couple months ago and we got like actually in person and we did a few songs uh together there that one we released that's probably my favorite song i've ever done called could you be and it's kind of has like a little bit of a what sorry could you be my neighbor oh that's (laughs) funny um but yeah so there's you had to have heard that already a bunch of times no No? i haven't okay it is rhymey though because it's I tell people, like, just look up Could You Be by Susan G. And it's, like, oh, very rhyming. there you go. Um, but, yeah, if you go to Susan G Music, there's, like, cover videos. There's official, like, original music videos. There's some, um, I've done some, like, music product reviews on there. Um, I, we, it, I kind of started doing a lot of content on, like, long-form ones on YouTube. And then I've been neglecting it as of late, but... Yeah, there's tons of videos on there. Just okay. go to Susan G Music, you'll find so it. So I'll do this. Send me the link that you want people to see, and then okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, I can do that. I'll do that. Um, we'll do that. So we talked about that. We talked about how you help creators. Um, these last few minutes, so that I don't know what my demo is who listens to the show. I don't look at it all that often. That's all right. Like I look at it maybe a like once every three months. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm still at least four digits. Yeah. <clears throat> so if, but what I do know is that who I have on primarily have been business owners or artists 
um, who, you know, have services or products that they want to sell. So if they, like my buddy Evan, super talented artist, like he paints, super talent, uh, super talented. If he were to say, okay, I'm going to set up my social media, what would be your top five tips for him to, I don't want to say blow up because who knows? I mean, there's but a lot to of make luck. A quality presence. But the, the, the check boxes that he would need in order to uh, give him the best success. Okay. Or the chances for success. So first of all, like where I like to start with people is for them to understand your social media is your business card now. Like if people want to work with you or want to see what you've done, treat it like a portfolio. So whatever is most important to you, say he has a most important painting that he likes or a series that he likes, make sure that that is the showcase, the first thing that you see, and then showing the process of it. So I always say, people are like, well, I don't know, I can't come up with ideas. And instead, like Gary Vee says this all the time, he says document instead of like trying to come up with stuff because mm. people are more interested in the story behind it. So I would say have a highlight of all his best pieces and then do like a behind the scenes of how he made each one and the story behind each one and make sure that that's curated exactly like how he wants. If someone goes to his page, they go, oh, he's about this. He does this type of paintings, blah, blah, blah. Um, the second is to have, it's amazing how many people don't have contact links so even in your bio just saying an email like say someone wants to buy something and they have a hard time trying to find it that's they're going to be there's out. no point to it yeah, yeah make it easy for people to give you money right. <laughs> <laughs> um and then the third is i would say especially right now and especially with platforms like instagram and facebook you're going to get the most out of um putting money behind boosting your posts so that's like kind of the new marketing move and yeah. even if it's 10 20 30 50 bucks that's going to make a huge difference to ensure that it gets to and you get to choose your audience and kind of, or you right. can see who's engaged and kind of pick a lookalike audience too so it would be picking the best content and putting a little bit of money behind say it's three posts or three paintings that are his favorite and then seeing what um what people respond to and then catering your approach to be like that, not changing who he is or what he's putting out, but saying, oh, this is really resonating with, you know, males from 40 to 50 or, or, you know, 18 year old girls and kind of like knowing how to market it from there. But primarily it's making sure you have a quality landing spot, making sure immediately when people go to your page, they know who you are, what you're about. And by page, do you mean website or? I mean, any profile. of it. it. Profile, Instagram, website. Linktree is huge because like for someone like me, I, I do a couple different things. So it's mm -hmm. like, do you want music videos? Do you want my lifestyle articles? Do yeah. you want, uh, you know, my advertising and marketing company or you want management consulting, all of that. So that's where Linktree has come in handy for me because it's like, OK, music's here. Um, inquiries about this is here. So but primarily, especially if it's like a visual art, you want to have your Instagram and your TikTok reflecting exactly what you do. And I'm going to push back just because it's my nature. Push on. And like TikTok. Yeah. Okay. So then I, so I'm not sure if it's five, but that's enough for you, Evan. Now it's my turn. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm, I, I'm, I've started this. 
I want to call it a sneaker lifestyle brand because I'm not intending it to just be sneaker cleaning mm-hmm. cleaner. <clears throat> like I want to do merch, but I also want to do like uh, coffee and bags and stuff like that. And yeah. I've called it the sneakers friend. So basically anything involved with a sneaker. Okay. So I, I've started it. I have a website. Um, I'm, I have an Instagram. I'm starting a mailing list. The What else did I do? I have a YouTube channel for it, but there's nothing on it yet because I've been too scared to post something on there. Although the other day that the product that I am going that is going to be offered, I scrubbed cleaned some Travis Scott highs, Mm -hmm. which are two thousand dollar shoes. But I didn't record it, which (laughs) I probably should have. You should have. I should have. Let me ask you this. How are people finding your website and getting on your mailing list? Is it just through Instagram? Just through Instagram. I have boosted posts, but nothing more than 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. And like as if you want to talk about reaching people quickly and it's getting harder, like a year ago it was ridiculously easy because the organic reach was available. Like, yeah. And it's getting harder and harder each day. But what I would do is do three TikToks a week of what you're working on, cleaning your shoes, um, drinking the coffee next to the shoe, whatever you're doing, and then put those on your YouTube's, like YouTube shorts. And so you don't necessarily right. have to make a ton of content for each platform. You want to make one big piece of content and then splice it up for the appropriate platform. But from Instagram, there's almost zero organic reach. So if you're boosting, that's perfect. So you're actually going to get traffic. But no one, that, even people that follow you, they're going to see like maybe 20% of your posts. Right. So you have to think, where is the pool of people that are interested in this that I want to get to come it is TikTok. to my website and it's TikTok. I've, I started this process maybe four months ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what? Let's see here. Do you have about 10 more minutes? Sure. Okay. <clears throat> so last year, Comcast did a grant for black and brown business owners who were struggling during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was a grant. It was a $10,000 grant. And my core business has been for headshots, photography, a little bit of content uh, creation. Uh, but I'm most like I am I'm mostly a photographer. So I applied for this grant and it was a five page grant that you had to fill out. And then one of the things that it asked is like, what what if you get this grant, what will you do? So my answer to that was I would pivot away from a business where I have to have close contact because obviously that's now a thing that can be taken away, even though I don't really believe But uh, I said I would pivot and do an online store. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky enough and I was a recipient of this. Oh, nice. So I have I have this grant. And by the when I filled out the grant, I already had the idea, my logo, the website, building this email list. So I have this money. I can buy inventory. I can buy everything that I need to get going. But it's scary. Yeah. Like I'm not the I've and I just barely admitted this out Why loud. Why is it scary? Well, because it would be easier for me to justify spending a little bit of money 
if it were my own money that I just had extra, but it's not. It's a lot of money that was given to me, and I feel that even though there supposedly aren't really strings attached, there's going to be strings attached. And then on top of that, <laughs> the fact Are those that, strings, did they put them there, or are you, is it your guilt? I or don't like, know. You want to have thing. integrity with I'm it, so, which well, is no, good. I do know. No, they did not put them there. Yeah. But the fact that this grant was just for a very specific group of people, like no white people need apply for this grant, mm-hmm. and it's Mar- and it's Comcast, in my cynical brain, this is just them investing in marketing two years from now. <laughs> So that the 60 people who got this grant in the Seattle area, they're going to pick the most successful one. And then, boom, you're going to see all types of content from Comcast mm-hmm. that they helped these small businesses. Well, was that in the agreement, though? No, but that's what they're going to do. Well, maybe. I mean, Because why? now if companies take something like that, like your likeness, and use it as... Their, for their own advertising, there's an agreement that has to come along. Well, no, that. that was part of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was part of it. Well, I want to come back to what you said before. because <laughs> I'm it, sort of shooting my own self in the foot, and I totally get it. Yeah. I think I think the fears that you are experiencing are in your head. I know. Yeah. And you were saying, like, what, if I'm understanding you correctly, it feels like you, that person-to-person contact is extremely valuable to you, right? Right. This is going to piss you off, but in TikTok, it's only person-to-person contact. Like I, just because I haven't met somebody in person, I have people that have shown up for my lives every week for a year that I know what's going on, like what's going on this week? What, how, what have you been working on? And uh, with my husband's TikTok account, he he educates about cannabis and CBD and terpenes. And he has this following that like it's so ingrained and the comment section is all conversation with the real people. So it's like that's why I think it's more valuable now than Instagram, because Instagram is more of a portfolio, more of like, oh, this is kind of what you're about. TikTok is engaging. It's literally the person and the creator and the conversation that they're having together. So if you would want to build something that actually is affecting people, if they're following you, if they're there, they're going to be literally right on your screen and you can talk to them about Hmm. anything that you want. And they're going to ask you questions about stuff. And then you can take their question and make a video answering it. And that's like it literally is all conversation content. It's fun. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm perp- I'm be uh, I'm purposefully being difficult. Yeah. And not doing it. Um What but, value are you getting from not doing it? Well, that's that's an unknown versus the time I'm saving by not doing it. Okay. So you're saving 10 to 15 minutes a day. But it's not 10 to 15 minutes a day. It can I mean, be. if you're going to be the. Let's say you put an hour in each day and each day you got 100 new followers and 50 new customers. That's the kind of conversion that happens all the time. Hmm. 
Let me say that again. So if you put an hour in a day Mm -hmm. and that's extremely generous, like one of my clients, she literally does two to three videos a day and it takes her. It's she just it's talking head. It's just her talking about whatever she feels like talking. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. When I think of TikTok videos, Mm -hmm. I think of the I think of a song first and then someone editing a video to that audio track. That's old school TikTok. Okay. The new vert, like my personal following on my music page has gone way down. My engagement has gone way down, way down because people aren't valuing just sheer entertainment anymore. Like the musicians on there, it's like, yeah, you sing a song, blah, blah, blah. But they're getting so much more value in learning something and hearing someone's stories in like literally everything that they're interested in. If they like sneakers, if they want to know how to clean them correctly, if they want to know the lifestyle that goes along with it, they're going to engage with you and be like, oh, tell me more about how this works. And it's not, um, it's completely different than what it started out being. Mm. And now it's more of a place where literally you can kind of, it's a conversation. You start with whatever you're interested in, whatever you're passionate about, and you talk to them and say, this is my, my, how I clean sneakers. And this is why I think it, you don't have to do any of the bullshit like okay. stuff if you don't want to. You can, I mean, I'm, I really spend zero time on TikTok. Yeah. And then and I spend the majority of my time on reels mm-hmm. and that's oh, all reel, it is. I think reels is garbage, honestly. Like I can't really watch reels cause I feel like it's a bad version of TikTok. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah. here's, here's the deal. I'm going to send you a couple people to follow just to look at their content because I think it's completely different than what you would assume it would be. Okay. And then you can, then we can touch base after that and you can tell me your opinions. Okay. No, I mean, just by what you just said, my perception is incorrect Mm -hmm. because I think of, I think of just Just like super fast, fast self promotion thing with based off an audio track. I don't really, I have not to this moment. I had not, thought of tiktok as an information-based platform the best Which way to get instagram it. isn't either it's right. to me information-based platform is still youtube and the best thing especially if you're selling a product is you don't have to do focus groups like your following is your focus group they will tell you what you want and you can cater your product to the consumer who's sta- like sitting there saying i want this like okay. my with my All husband right. he has you know been talking about all things cannabis. And he has people saying, I had a bad, ex- bad experience this, or I want a product like this. And he's literally able to curate his products off of what the people who are interested in cannabis want. Okay. So the value is it's like so much deeper than direct to consumer because it's people that are, that are there because they're interested and you get immediate feedback on what they like, what they don't, um, what they would want to see from whatever you're talking about. All right. I feel like TikTok should like pay me for this because I'm really pushing it hard. <laughs> but it simply is because it's so valuable for businesses now. And it it's so far from where it actually started that if you, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you have a product or you have a company that gives value to people who have specific interests, it's the place to do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> you're making me change my mind here. So I love the the shop has soulmates has about forty five hundred TikTok followers, yeah. not very many. I, but I feel like you guys, the shop is doing a really good job with it. 
when I was talking well, to you guys before, it was like, we haven't really gone on there. I was like, oh, this is good. Well, the reason we have that many is because there's a local guy who has like over 200 followers, I think. But he doesn't do anything informative mm-hmm. is the thing. I mean, sort of. I mean, yeah. if he were here, he would say, okay, I don't even I don't want to bash this guy too much, but I just think <laughs> he's absolutely obnoxious. It's not informative in the face-to-face, what you just said. Yeah. it's You have to really be perceptive to know what the informative part is. So don't follow him. Well, I know we already do. <laughs> 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 Which if anyone's listening, they already know who it is. But uh, and I'm okay with that. So then because of the algorithm and because of when Paris watches videos on TikTok, that's who he watches. That's all I get. Mm -hmm. I have not seen any videos that you described where it's a conversation between, you know, in Mm -hmm. a a one on one conversation type of. And if you're on the platform, what makes the this algorithm different is like. It will, it will start by giving you a shit ton of videos that you may be interested in, you may not be, and you'll just go, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a joke on there that um, there's all these straight women that uh, will watch, like, kind of lesbian TikTok stuff, and then they keep getting fed. It, it's all P, it's all PC. But, like... Um, a little Freudian yeah, right there. Yeah, and so it will show you if you're... If, there's something that comes up that you are interested in that is kind of a talking head or is informative and you watch it, it will start feeding you more videos in that same category. Okay. So the more time that you spend on the app, it, it like how creepy as it sounds, it learns what your interests are, what videos you want to see, and it will continue to show you the same creators and then creators in that same genre. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to send you a few just for examples of accounts for you to look at that will kind of, uh, change your perception of what it is. Okay. No, you, you've changed it already because you didn't double down. You're just talking like, hey, doofus, didn't <laughs> you know that this is not all just stupid songs well, and dances? Well, and it, it's it's changed really fast. You know how much I've practiced these dances trying no, to do them? No, you don't need to do any. Like, <laughs> If you're thinking of it in that sense, no wonder you don't want to touch it. Like, There's no value there. There's there no isn't. There's no value there. There might be a value for like an Addison Ray who's, you know, dancing around with the Kardashians. But like, that's not what the app is. And her song sucked and no one listened to it. So or that guy who did the booty shaking with the Jason. No, with the uh, he does the drone. It's Jason Derulo's. Assistant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jason. See the, the stuff that Jason Derulo and his is it wife? I don't know. His, whoever they do is like very kitschy. Yeah. Kind of. Like- yeah. They're aiming for the 16 to 24 year olds right. in that. And there there's a there's a genre for that within TikTok. But it's. It's now probably the most effective tool for business owners and especially like young entrepreneurs who are building products. Mm, man, there's so much. Like we didn't even talk about hashtags. Yeah. That's another one. But that's when you go on t- on TikTok, search just hashtags see. that you're interested. Like just look at sneakers and kind of right. see what comes up or just look see. at. Yeah. Because what I have noticed is that the hashtags that we do use, there's like 1.5 billion. Mm-hmm. And that's just too much. Well, isn't it? Maybe. No, you want to use popular ones. Oh. You want to use a range, but usually if the more the more engagement it has, the, the better chance of it being seen. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I'll have to <laughs> take away from my Instagram reels. Yeah. Instagram reels. No, they, they literally they like, make me laugh. The head of Instagram was like basically came out and did a live and was like, uh, we don't really know. We're just going to like try to do what TikTok does straight up. And so they just doing it, but just 
poorly. And we so have not it's talked not, about Facebook at all. Yeah, I can't stand Facebook. I can't stand Facebook either. It's, it's I'm a complete. It's I'm one. I'm ninety seven percent off of it. The only reason yeah. I need it is because you need to have the business or the personal page for yeah, the business yeah. for the for the thing. Other than that, I don't have it at all. Yeah. I don't need to know what my like you know eighty five year old dad's friend thinks about whatever policy has. I don't need to know any of those. Unless opinions. you're looking to sell. You know, catheter equipment or something. Exactly. Yeah, they're probably not on TikTok. (laughs) The catheter audience is definitely more on more on Facebook. Whack. (laughs) It's my goal. Bring the catheter audience to TikTok. I love it. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna be the villain here. I'm gonna do my best to bring down your beloved TikTok with a bunch of old fogies. That's fair. (laughs) I I welcome the challenge. I welcome it. I'm gonna go to um uh, double ARP and say, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be need, like, what's TikTok? You need to put some serious money into TikTok. You need to start thinking about, you need to start getting these young kids you to know think what? about retirement. Them doing the dances. <laughs> now that's a campaign I could get behind. That's hilarious. That, that would work. I mean, the hip mm-hmm. and joint, the hip and joint oh, yeah. uh, medical field oh, would totally. just skyrocket. I mean, you need to start investing in artificial hips. And I'm already, I'm already <laughs> having all these ideas. We'll have Striker sponsor. We'll go to Striker. Yeah. Wow, you're a, a medical device nerd. No, I. How just, do you know about Striker? Uh, my friend works for them. Uh, all right. She's worked there for like a hundred. My friend in college that was the super serious business. Yeah. She's the only one out of all my friends who's had like the same job since we. That's funny. Striker is probably the, the thing. They're the biggest. Yeah. They're medical huge. device manufacturer. And she's lived so. in um, lived abroad for the past like eight years now. Yeah, yeah. See? Married a, married a Dutch man. <laughs> <laughs> now she has a little half Dutch baby. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you I for hope having you had me a, out. A good time. I had a wonderful. And I time. hope that you like do put this wherever it is that you put your stuff. I will put it in its appropriate place. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will definitely. No, I'll definitely. Um, yeah, there is. <laughs> no, I'll definitely share and. Well, because I, I, I'm not actually. I'm not that old. But how old uh, are you? I'm forty. What year is it? Twenty three. Twenty two. You're forty three. Yeah. That's not old. That's not old. I'm. I'm old. You're not old. I can complain about absolutely anything. Yeah, that's fair. As only an old man can. Mm-hmm. You name it, I can complain about it. Hey, that's a great TikTok channel. People can give you things to complain about, and you do a 30-second video complaining about it, you'll be huge. Yeah, I'm really good at complaining. That's perfect. I'm uh, I've A joke that I have with my buddies is that um, the TV character I relate to the most is Larry David. So there's a white old Jewish man inside Fantastic. of me. <laughs> and then they then they say, of course, who's Larry David? Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, come on now. You're so killing good. me. Bunch so of idiots. Good. I know. So funny. He's hilarious. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for having um, me. I will want you to send me all of the stuff you want me to put in the show notes to yeah. the business, to your writing, to your music. Yeah. We'll put all of that. And then um, you're going to get this cool little mock-up of... Have you seen the little Photoshop stuff that I do for guests? No. Okay. So I looked at the Instagram or your Instagram. Your head will be Photoshopped onto something. Gotcha. 
and then uh, when the show drops, your face will be photoshopped onto the guest chair of my my little anime image. Perfect. Yeah, uh, so you'll do it's that. A dream come true. <laughs> I've always wanted to be on an anime image. <laughs> uh, so we'll do that. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, um, I'm really trying to get people to leave me reviews. Leave yeah, me a review. I'll leave you a review. I'm going to say, Kelly, you have not left me a review yet, you prick. I'll be like, I've said Susan this like on three the shows. best guest. Ex- yeah, you can say had. that. So I'll know when you actually get to the end of this episode <laughs> when you heard me say Kelly is a prick. <laughs> Give me a review. Um, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. I'm on all of them. Uh, and then follow on Instagram, Facebook, soon to be TikTok. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, check out the sponsors, Rancho Bravo Tacos. Man, do you like Mexican food? Yes, I They're do. They're pretty good. Yes, I do. They're super good. And then uh, Soulmates, uh, Sneakers. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, super cool Jordan 1s, 4s, Yeezys, if you dig them. Uh, check them out. And until the next time, adios. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>